solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome Locked On Texans viewers and listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis, here to talk Texans. I'm super excited for today's show because we're going to kind of go into the future. Talk about some of the draft needs, but Cody, let the folks know what we got on today's rundown. And as always, let's talk from Texas. Yes, sir. And on this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I, look, we understand it. We get it today. It's the NFL trade deadline. And ladies and gentlemen, we know what is at stake for the Houston Texans today. However, we're going to we're going to we're going to change it up just a little bit because, look, we already did a, a, our own Houston Texans trade deadline special on yesterday. So please be sure to go check that out today. But look, we don't want to talk anything about the trade deadline today, at least for the majority of the show. Today, we're actually going to take a look at some early needs that the Houston Texans need to address for this upcoming NFL draft because the draft class of 2022, regardless how you feel about these prospects, this is going to be a very important draft class for the Houston Texans in order to at least put together a successful rebuild for the future. So we're going to talk about the positions that the Texans need to focus on a couple prospects. And then to close out this latest installment of locked on Texans, look, the Houston Texans, they take on the Miami dolphins who are also riding a seven game losing streak, sitting at one and seven themselves. And whoever wins this game, there is a possibility that one of those teams can possibly hurt the other from being being in consideration for taking that top overall selection in the 2022 NFL draft. So that's what John and I are going to talk about today. But ladies and gentlemen, the only the only trade talk that we're going to talk about today is whether or not the New Orleans Saints should trade for Houston Texans starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor, because for those of you guys who don't know, um, their starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, has been ruled out for the remainder of the season due to an ACL and MCL injury that man. he sustained. Yeah, I understand it, man. He, he was, was having so a hell good. of a year for New Orleans as well. But in that offense, exactly. And, and I understand, you know, everything that's going on in Dallas up I-45 with that Prescott, but I'm pretty sure Jameis Winston was really being in consideration for comeback player of the year, which I do believe that's going to Dak. But, you know, he, he was starting to get some consideration for that. But yesterday was well, Sunday, as a matter of fact, he went down with an ACL and MCL injury in the Saints victory over the Tampa Bay Buc- Buccaneers. This is a team that's sitting at five and two. And for the New Orleans Saints and for the Houston Texans, it do make sense for those two organizations to find themselves in trade partners once again. Because, look, Sean Payton did come out on yesterday and say he is content with the quarterbacks that they have, which is Trevor Simeon, who's filled in for Winston after he went down with his knee injury and played fairly well. And also, we all we all know how much uh, Sean Payton loves their hybrid quarterback, Taysom Hill. But at the the end of the day, 
if the Saints are really trying to position themselves to be contenders in the EF, in the NFC, especially considering the move that the Los Angeles Rams made on yesterday with that defense that they thank God we oh didn't have to deal with what? that on <laughs> You know, but I, I say all that just to say if the Saints are really true about positioning themselves as true contenders in the NFC, it does make sense for them to look at the market and see what quarterback that they can add to their roster and look for the Houston Texans and for Tyrod Taylor. Taylor is a veteran quarterback who deserves an opportunity to be on a playoff contending team. And the Houston Texans, like we mentioned, they have embraced the reveal <laughs> the Houston Texans. Like we mentioned, they are now in the youth movement and Davis Mills, you know, he's going to be in a position where there is a possibility that he could start once again for this organization in the game against the Miami Dolphins. You know, it just makes too much sense for the Texans and the Saints to pull the trigger for a trade once again. I don't think it happens. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't either. But like I mentioned, it makes sense. I like, I would not be surprised if it does happen. Let me just say that. It will. I'll say this. I think, the reason why it wouldn't happen is because the Saints wouldn't know what Tyrod Taylor they're getting back after this hamstring injury. And we really don't know the full extent of how much it really affected him in his game. You know, he was supposed to come back a couple of weeks ago. And whether it was due to a quality control with David Cully coming out and telling the press, you guys and the media or whatever he said about why he's not playing, the reality of the situation is a hamstring, a punctured lung, the issues in Cleveland, the Saints are ready to win now. They have a very good team, and this team is getting healthier. Hmm. You know, by the week, guys are coming off IR. They're getting players back in, in, in positions that they need them to be back in. And Tyrod Taylor doesn't fit what they're going to want to do. Trevor Simeon is the port, I'm sorry, the player, the quarterback for this team that has experience under Sean McVay. Sean McVay, I'm thinking about the Rams. <laughs> I'm just scared about him now, right? But under Sean Payton in that offense. If there's anybody in the league that they would trade for or bring in that quarterback, it wouldn't be Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor is in probably the worst position he could be in in his career at this time. Teams mm-hmm. wanted you when you left Buffalo and you went to Cleveland. Uh, the Chargers wanted you after your short stint with the uh, Cleveland Browns. Houston wanted you due to the fact that, well, we needed a quarterback that has some time in the league, a veteran that can do more with less while we wait on Deshaun Watson. Now, in, in all three situations, you were not able to fill that role for, for that team. And that word is out at your age. I don't, I don't think New Orleans pulls a trigger for him. I, I think – we will see Tyrod Taylor play for Houston on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins in the Buzz Bowl. <laughs> and to that the point, Bumble. John, <laughs> the Buzz Bowl. <laughs> you know, I think that's what I'm going to call next game for the rest of the week. The Good Buzz catch, Bowl. my man. <laughs> but, um, you know, and speaking of the possibility of Tyrod Taylor being able to play for the Texans this Sunday, if he isn't dealt, because I do believe there are some teams that he could possibly go to in hopes of improving their chances of making the playoffs because – Tyrod Taylor showed, which we all know, when healthy, he is a pretty decent quarterback who could help you win some games and who can possibly help you, um, you know, just move the needle. Not much, but just move the needle just a little bit. And some of those teams I could see the, you know, 
teams I could see calling the Texans and hope to see what would it take to get our hands on a veteran quarterback just to have a backup plan are the Carolina Panthers. They have a lot going on with their quarterback situation because Sam Darnold has been looking like a bust every single week. Plus, he got hurt this past Sunday and the Denver Broncos. But the flip side of that, both of those teams have their eyes set on another quarterback in Houston yeah. that they really want. So, you know, even in a situation like that, I don't see that happening but to Tyrod's Taylor injury David Cully did come out on Monday and say that the team will continue to monitor him this week in practice and if he does look good and he and if he does look like the Tyrod Taylor that they saw prior to his hamstring injury they will give him the green light to play play around with this idea very briefly very quickly Cody viewers watching the show listeners at home in your car wherever you may be right play around with this idea is this game a game? It can go right or, or it can go left. So follow me. You're playing the Miami Dolphins, who's in a, the same situation you're in. Is this a game where you keep Davis Mills out there so he can get his first career win? Because I think it's very possible when you play against the Miami Dolphins and get his confidence up, something that may be able to you know, change the trajectory of what he's doing so far this season. Or if he's healthy enough, do you put Tyrod Taylor out there so you can have that veteran presence out on that field, a quarterback that was meant to be the quarterback of this team this year, and kind of help uh, bridge some of the broken, the broken and burnt bridges with the team right now between veteran players, younger players, and the coaching staff? Where do you go if you're Houston, Houston in this coaching staff? Do you go leave the kid out on the field? Let him attempt to get his first win and keep him out there so we can continue the evaluation. Or do you bring in Tyrod Taylor if he's healthy enough to play so we can kind of get things back on track and reestablish the trust between all three phases, front office, coaching staff, and players? Um, To that point, John, and I actually thought about this idea, um, I think this will be a game I want to see Tyrod Taylor. You know, not only would it – you know, reestablish the trust with the fan base. And my God, the Texans got a lot of work to do with this fan base. But not only would it re, re you know, not only would it help the trust with the fan base and the players in the locker room, but also this is also something that the Texans should keep in mind. Maybe this is a game that you try to win because if the Texans win this game, you know, they improve to two and seven, Miami fall to one and eight. Now you're looking at a situation where the Dolphins could possibly have, you know, a top two pick in next year's draft. And you could you could be OK sitting at, you know, four or five, but you still got that guy that they wanted, Deshaun Watson. You make that flip in the offseason. Now you're looking at a situation where you hold, let's say, the number two pick and the number five pick or whatever the case might be. So, you know, maybe this is a game where the Houston Texans could come out winners on both sides. That's a very good way to look at it, guys. I can't wait to talk about and look into the future with the NFL drafting. The positions Houston need to address this upcoming season that does not revolve around the quarterback position. However, before we dive into that, I want to let you guys know about Get Upside. Let me tell you something right now. Normally, this is the holiday time, winter time. Normally, gas prices would be going down, Okay. But it's not happening, and it's pissing me off. But the reason why I'm okay with it is because I use GetUpside. I save money. I make money with GetUpside, and I love you guys. So I think you should go ahead and download the GetUpside app, which is free. My listeners and myself is making up to $0.25 cent 
for every gallon of gas every time we fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL. And not only that, you get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL. Thanks for making the Locked on Texans your first listen every day. You know we've got you covered on all things Texan. But with the trade deadline right around the corner, don't miss our live NFL deadline show. Reaction to every move, plus a second-half season preview, and much more. Catch the show live from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, November 2nd, on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Yes, sir. And before we conclude, and before we continue here with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Johnny and I did our own Texans trade deadline special. We ran it on yesterday. Yes. We're going to run it again today. Please be sure to go check it out. And it's candidates who could be traded, not named Deshaun Watson. I promise you, God, it's not us talking about Deshaun Watson for 24 minutes. It's talking about other guys like Zach Cunningham, like Brandon Cooks, like Charles Amenehu. But ladies and gentlemen, as we continue here on this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, we actually don't want to look at the trade deadline, but at the end of the day, we still want to look at ways on how the Texans can improve their roster for the future, which means it's time for us to talk about the draft. In eight games into the season, I think we are finally starting to get a sense of what positions the Texans should focus on in the draft. And John, if you ask me, name any position you want. <laughs> and the Texans need to focus on even the kicker because Fairbairn has looked terrible this oh, season. Man. If there is a, a, a generational kicker in the first round, I would not be mad if they end up drafting him. Like you the Texans. My boy, my boy Dicker out of UT. I think he can come out this year. Man, man like. Kickers in college history. The Texans, I would say maybe outside of the wide receiver position because, you know, if Brandon Cooks continue to be a part of this organization, um, Nico Collins has shown some promise that he could be a cornerstone player at that position for years to come. Maybe outside of the wide receiver position, Don, but just across the board, the Texans need help every everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I think through eight weeks of Texan football, we've been able to watch Houston struggle in areas we may have been optimistic about before the season started and we and we've seen the areas where we knew it was going to be a problem since before the offseason and I wanted to address some of these needs right and I think the positions Houston needs improvement at the most outside of that quarterback position is an offensive line of course right and mainly that guard position but if you can go out there and get a tackle which at number two or three however you're going to be lined up in this in this draft you make the best uh you draft the best player available that d-line the safety and the cornerback along with the running back position now we know that houston will be picking between one to four and if the draft started today houston would be number two so they have an opportunity for the first time since titus howard to draft in the first round first time since Clowney to draft in the top five and they may be able you know that they got Clowney with number one all right so there may be a, a strong possibility of getting that number one uh draft pick the texans will also be picking fairly good due to their draft positioning throughout the entire draft 
Now, I'm looking at this defense, number one. I said D-line. And if they're going to continue to stick with this zone two defense with Lovey Smith, they're going to need a disruptor to come out. The biggest position, not that quarterback position, but it's, it's coming from that D-line. And I'm looking, of course, Kevion Thibodeau. Now, I don't think anybody's going to pass on him with the number one uh, pick in the draft. I think he is the best player, defensive player in the country right now who has four sacks and two forced fumbles on the year. He has been a matchup problem since he stepped foot on Oregon's campus. However, we know that Detroit is in the running with that along with Miami and Jacksonville. So what traditional DN could Houston look at? 6'5", 262-pound Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Big games against ranked number ninth at the time, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, UNC, and Clemson. He has seven and, sa- seven and a half sacks on the year to go along with 49 tackles. They move him around a lot and that on that Seminole D-line, and he plays against the run very well. He also has some very good play recognition. That's one thing that jumped off the board uh, to me when watching some film on, on him. Now, Larry Tunsil will return for next season, right? He makes too much money for him to move on unless we see some blockbuster trade where Houston takes on some of that uh, that salary and move on from him to get better draft position or a bevy of player, players. But Titus Howard has been uh, very disappointing. The right tackle has been a very disappointing position and that guard position. But I'm looking at this team, and I'm looking at Evan Neal. The tackle out of Bama. The massive 6'6", 350-pound lineman is something that I think Houston needs to help establish that run identity that they've been striving to achieve since day one of Casario and Cully, the union here in town. I went back to watch that Rose Bowl, and his quick feet allows him to get to the point of attack quicker than the player on the opposite side of the ball, Cody and viewers, and his strengths just get them out the way. That dude is massive and strong. He has dominated the line of scrimmage for Bama, and more importantly, he's a dog. And how long have you guys heard me say this? Houston needs a dog on that O-line. They need a villain. They need somebody that's nasty. Laramie Tunson at that left left tackle position, he's sweet, man. He's cool. Cool breeze. On the opposite side, Evan Neal could be that dog. And I'm going to kind of just give you one more player I'm going to give you the floor, Cody, because I want to kind of stretch this out throughout the season, of course. But the safety position for Houston has been a problem. Houston hasn't been able to pair Justin Reed with a full-time partner at safety since, excuse me, since the days of playing with Tyshawn Gibson. That has been an issue, right? And this year, Lonnie Johnson, who has three interceptions on the year, has been consistently inconsistent in coverage as of the game before Sunday, he's allowed 327 passing yards, excluding Sunday's game, two touchdowns, a passer rating of one-on-one, and a completion percentage of just under 70. The safety position is definitely in need of an upgrade. Kyle Hamilton is the player that I think can fill that void. He is a playmaker. He has a nose for the ball. And on top of that, he will be playing with another smart safety which is something Houston needs. That communication between those two safeties this year and last year has been abysmal. Houston can use a player as smart as Kyle Hamilton. He can make those plays, and I think he would be detrimental in boosting what this defense can do moving forward. Hmm. 
John, my next question to you will be, where do you think the quarterback position should fall on this list? Because right now you say if the Texans pick, they'd be at number three. Would you be upset if they went out and drafted Malik Willis out of Liberty? Who, who in my opinion, who in my opinion has been not the best college quarterback, but the best available prospect coming out in next year's draft. And and I know it's still early, and I know the guy's still developing, but I'm not too sure if the ceiling for Davis Mills can get higher than what it already is. Like, I'm pretty sure there's probably another level that he can go. But when I take a look at Malik Willis, once again, I understand it. Like, if he's there, and, and I'm just talking about where the draft stands as of right now. And, of course, when they move on from Watson, you know, that's going to be the possibility of them having an additional pick in the first round, and maybe then you go quarterback. But when I take a look at Malik Willis, you know, especially his size, especially knowing that he is your prototypical idea of what you want out of your quarterback go heading into the 2022 season, I think the Texans should pull that trigger only if, of course, Thibodeau isn't there. Yeah, absolutely. I would be disappointed if they drafted Malik Willis. I don't think Malik Willis is the best quarterback coming out in this draft. And I would that, that's why I say, in my, in my opinion, not not in the overall college football, because Bryce Young and, and Caleb in Oklahoma. Well, God, and I think, players, I think players coming out at, at that quarterback position, I think – uh, for me, Cody, it'll be Matt Coral. Really? Oh, Miss. Yeah, man. Really? I think at 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, a QBR of uh, of 84. Uh, he's 15 in college football right now, passing. Uh, I think he is the best quarterback that's coming out next year. Hmm. So, so to that point, now, I don't think they should draft a quarterback in the first round. That's what I was about to ask. To that point, would you think they would be you? Would you be okay if the Texans draft the quarterback Absolutely in the first not. round if it was no. your boy from Oak? Okay, no. and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you why. I, when I look at first round quarterbacks, I think of a franchise changer. Mm. Outside of that year, it was Geno Smith and EJ Manuel. Those those were the first two. No, we might have another year like this if we being honest. <laughs> right. But I look at when you draft the quarterback, especially where Houston is projected to draft, mm-hmm. right? You gotta you gotta make sure that this guy has the tools to be the next or the first, depending on what type of franchise you have, right? I don't see the, any quarterback coming out this year that's able to kind of be that. Mm. And this is why Houston is probably giving us more of a sample size version of what we expected to see out of Davis Mills because they got to be sure that if we have to move on from Davis Mills, we gave it everything we, we could before we make this decision. I think Man, that quarter is the best quarterback coming now. However, when Houston, how Houston is, you know, kind of structured right now with so many different issues. I think you have to go with the biggest one. And quarterback is not the biggest issue for this team right now. I mean, it is. Let me not say that it is, but that's only because of what's going on. But <laughs> you definitely need an offensive lineman. If you're sticking with Lovey Smith, you're definitely going to need a disruptor on the defensive line. And I would also add bringing in a player that isn't, you know, a quarterback that may not be as good as this past draft class 
in that first round, his expectations are going to be too high. Where you yeah, can add true. that one quarterback isn't going to take your offense to another level. I don't think so. I could be wrong. But if you add a Kavion Thibodeau playing with Ross Blacklock, Jonathan Gennard, you know, the, wow, then that changes what your defense can do. Seriously. <laughs> if you add an Evan Neal with a Larry Tunsil and you even out both sides, then, oh, yeah. Yeah, you may be able to run that ball now. And if, you, and if you're able to run that ball now, if Davis Mills is your quarterback still or God knows who Houston moves forward with, then, oh, yeah, that makes your quarterback job a whole lot easier. That makes the entire offense job a whole lot easier. Bringing in a quarterback when your offensive line is, is, is a crap show, that ain't going to do much. You're not Deshaun Watson's not walking back in that door, right? Unless he does. You know, that's my conspiracy. But he's not walking back in that door, in that door that's going to make everybody else's job easier. That's not the type of quarterback you're going to get. So bringing in a player that'll boost and add to the talent you already have, even though, you know, you're not the most talented team in the league, but that'll be a better decision, in my opinion, than swinging for the fences for a quarterback when you pick a top four and the rest of your team is struggling bad. A bad. You know, in life, we're all bound for different things. With beachbound.com vacations, you can be bound for an adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may just be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar. This is this is for real. This isn't just a read, by the way. Like I'm bound to find that poolside bar, create some some friends, some new relationships, give me some tacos, right? And I'm going to have a good time. As long as I've got a good view, a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy. With BeachBound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, for your fiance, for your wife, for your husband, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Thanks for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. By the way, be sure to check into the crossover edition when we take on the Miami Dolphins. That's going to be fun. Now, make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Now we got the Miami Dolphins coming up this week, right? Got the bus bowl or <laughs> the bus bowl. A little bit. Check this out. You guys remember that episode of Will Smith that how come he don't want me no more, man? Mm-hmm. Is this the how come they don't want me no more bowl? Because <laughs> Texas, how come you don't the son? How come you don't want me no more? Then you're looking at Tua like Flores, how come you don't want me no more? And mm-hmm. both teams mm-hmm. in the quarterback position. There's some type of none wanting, whether it's for the franchise or against the franchise, but they're both in bad positions, sitting at one and seven. Uh, quarterbacks haven't been able to get it done. The team as a whole haven't been able to get it done. And then you look at Miami, they were 10 and six last year. We thought that they were going to be a much better improved team. This year would have helped the Tua. Well, Cody, as you broke, Washington was in the running to get to it in a three team trade, right? If Houston was able mm-hmm. to pull the trigger on getting Deshaun Watson. I'm not really necessarily going to go into what are you looking for or the any storylines because we'll save that for later in the week. But one thing, Cody, that you mentioned earlier was both teams have a reason to beat the other team, mm-hmm. right? Like Houston, you want to beat them and, and – 
to the point you made, you'd want to beat Miami because there is still a strong possibility that that's that's going to be your pick that you're going to get back for the Deshaun Washington trade, right? And Miami, I, I think Miami, you know, you'd want to win. Tua should want to win because hey, I'm I'm not you're not going to throw me away my second year in the league, right? You, you're going to give me time, and unfortunately, I think Tua Tagovailoa has been. You know, I think he was drafted to a Vince Young situation. The owner mm-hmm. wanted you. Now, coach don't want you. And Brian Flores, you know, no matter what he says, I don't believe it. I'm not buying that. This is a weird game, man, because there's so <laughs> much on the rock. Now, for real, there's so much <laughs> on the line for both teams when it comes to draft positioning for the 22 draft. And, and it is. And that that is why I say, look, if I'm the Texans, that's why I'm going to try to go in there and win because like i just mentioned and john you just referred to it that is a strong possibility that that can be your draft pick for this upcoming draft then on the miami dolphin side of things you know i think this will be sort of like a how can i put this it'd be sort of like an audition for deshaun watson this is why you should join us because look if the texans don't move on from deshaun watson by three o'clock today, then of course that's going to open the door for him to get traded in the offseason. And if Deshaun Watson is sitting at home, you know, probably like he do every single week laughing at the Texans in their misery, you know, let's say if the Texans do end up beating the Dolphins, then you're going to put the idea in the head, you know, do I really want to go to Miami? I mean, they let Davis Mills, they let Davis Mills beat them. And why isn't that in Deshaun's head already? Like, <laughs> exactly. The, the conversation around why why does he want to go to Miami, the only thing I can think of is Miami for Deshaun would be a different level of marketing. One. But- and I understand your point, John, talking about it from a marketing standpoint. But outside of, look, Dan Marino, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade. I, I, I don't think it's going to work. And I'm not, you know, I'm not making fun of the situation, but I'm just saying from a marketing standpoint, if he goes to Miami, there are going to be people that does not want to work with him because of the situation that he got going on, going on off the field. Plus, on the flip side, I don't think Deshaun Watson understands if he forces his way to, to the Miami Dolphins, who has a terrible offensive line. Of course, the Texans and Nick Casario are going to rob them of all their draft capital. You know, you you have players that you can use, but they're always hurt. And one of them, you know that story way too often in Will Fuller. It's almost like he's going to put himself in the same situation that he's trying to leave with the Texans. And I understand, you know, he want to leave from the management standpoint and all this other stuff. But at the same time, Miami management, they just seem just as <laughs> crazy and just just disorganized as the Texans to a certain extent. So if I'm Miami, I'm trying to win this game to put on an audition and say, we we still want to look attractive because if the Texans beat Miami, don't be surprised if you start hearing rumblings that Deshaun Watson want to waive his no trade clause to go to Philadelphia now, or, you know, Carolina, whatever the case might be. Like, like you say, John, this is a weird game all around. And it's like, Whoever win, it's like whoever win is going to lose. Whoever loses is going to win. I, I guess I don't know. Absolutely. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. 
now featured on YouTube. I am John, some sports guy. Hickman, follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Follow the Locked On Texans Twitter page at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. I have my camera there. There we go. Make sure I'm a little bit more clear so you can see my pretty face. And I am one half of the co-host, Cody Davis. Let the folks know where they can find you, all your work on social media. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Ladies and gentlemen, please be sure to remember to check out our Houston Texans trade deadline special here on Locked On Texans. We talk about a lot of other players other than Deshaun Watson who could possibly be on the move by 3 o'clock today. It's going to be very interesting. And, John, I'm hoping that the Texans make some kind of move. Moves with an S. (laughs) Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.